Before we get going, please do not forget to rate and subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already. This helps us get the show out to as many people as possible. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Couch Guy Sports. Thanks, guys, for listening, and enjoy the show. All right, everyone. Episode 131, Couch Guy Sports Podcast, a long way off from 420. We were just talking about playing. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there soon enough. Uh, no Nick, as you can tell. Jared here, as always. Connor on the other side. No Patty P either. You know, just yeah. two of us. I hit the button tonight. We got a date on this podcast, just me and you. You and yeah, I. Yeah, seriously. We have, we have a nice mandate talking sports. Uh, talking <laughs> um, some Celtics talking and titties. Celtics and titties. That's that's been Celtics and titties. Celtics and titties. Uh, of course, follow us on every social media outlet you can possibly think of. <laughs> of course, rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. I believe the Twitter handle is Couch Guy Pod. I could be wrong. Nick and I have seem to have an issue with remembering it. So, uh, I believe that is it. Couch Guy Sports everywhere else. The website, the merch store, just just keep supporting the cause. Um, again, no Nick this week. He decided to hop a flight to Ireland. If I'm right on that one. Yeah, he's going to Ireland. Like big, big trip to Ireland. Big trip. Uh, Nick, don't get lost. If you come back, bring us something. At least it's the least you can do. Maybe as a thank you for hosting the show without you here. Just a quick, quick little thank you gift. I don't know what Connor would like. I don't know what I'd like, but if just, you find uh, just don't fall off the cliff some more. Yeah, definitely don't do that. Just don't, just don't do that. Bad decision. Don't do that. Not a good, <laughs> not a good plan. Uh, not at all. A lot to talk about this week. Um, a lot of bigger topics, so we're not going to do the weekly dump. I'll leave that for Nick. He can do that when he comes home. That's his thing. Uh, That's his again, dump time. Nick, don't fall off the cliffs. You have to have your dump time. So come back in one piece, and we'll go back to the weekly dump next week. But there's a lot to get to. And, and Connor, because you and I are such hoop heads, I want to start with Kyrie Irving. Oh, my God. Because it's already started. Um, if you're if you've been living under a rock for the last year and a half, we all you don't know that Kyrie was a major pain in everyone's ass here in Boston. Um, he shot his way out of town. Apparently, we just found out that he told Danny Ainge in his exit interview the season that he was leaving. Didn't, and then Danny Ainge afterwards said there was a chance. So I don't know what happened there, but we all know the crap that was spewed out of his mouth while he was here. Then he moved on, obviously, since then the Brooklyn Nets to team up with Kevin Durant, who's not playing this season. And we're four games in, three games in for the Brooklyn Nets, and he's already spewing. Is Kyrie Irving BS Connor that we came to a, so accustomed to, um, and now since then there have been the reports from the brass of the Brooklyn Nets that they weren't expecting this. I guess for one, which again, how could you have not expected this? You knew what you were getting, and two, they are surprised it happened so soon. Uh, I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> are they idiots? Like, do you like, not know what you signed? You saw what he did to Boston. He was here for two years, and they were better when he wasn't on the court. The entire young brass of the Celtics roster played better when he wasn't around. We heard all the nonsense he spewed. He went from, I'm going to be a Boston Celtic, and I want to retire my 11 in the rafters, to I want to be a Brooklyn Met in two weeks. Um, <laughs> are we surprised at all? Like, If you look at the Nets, and this is something that Nick and I had talked about, too, right when this all kind of started happening, and we started talking about where people would land, and Kyrie obviously was going to the Nets, but... He, he's going into the same situation he did when the Celtics grabbed him two years ago, almost three now, right? It was yeah. the young team performed really overachieved in the playoffs and now bring in Kyrie Irving. And you already saw it 
I tweeted out a video, right? It was end of the game in OT against Memphis. People were kind of like, oh, there's nothing wrong with this, blah, blah, blah. But Kyrie Irving was basically yelling at his teammates for not being in the right spot, for berating them. You could tell he was his leadership is yelling. And there, why is the brass even surprised that this is happening? I don't get it. Like, why yeah. in the world would they be confused? People just, I, I feel like they just didn't pay attention to the Celtics last year. Like, were they living, like you said, they had to be living under a rock to not see that Kyrie Irving is a maniac. He's very, he's very talented at basketball, probably one of the best in the league, but he's a psychopath. Like, he just doesn't get along with other players. And no. No, not like not at all. And maybe when Durant comes back, if he Durant comes back healthy next year, maybe this team will perform. Maybe he'll be happy with another superstar on the team. But until then, this this Brooklyn Nets team is in for a lot. They're in for a nightmare. Look, I, when you t- on the surface, obviously, and this is something that's been done for a while, like Kemba Walker, Kyrie Irving. You take t- Kyrie Irving's talent ten times out of ten. There's no question. But is Kemba a better leader? Yes. Kemba's a better teammate. Of course. You look at what Kyrie's doing already in just the few games that he's been with the Nets. He's he's playing selfish ball. He's he's already causing issues in the locker room. And there are some people like, well, why is Kyrie Irving being treated this way? I'm like, he did it to himself. Like, there, there are so little expectations for this guy to be a good teammate now because of what happened in Boston that – now everyone's like, oh, it's a fresh start in Brooklyn. He can do what he wants. He's home. Well, he can do what he wants, but he's got a lot of young guys, just like he did here, looking up to him to be a leader. And he's claiming he did things the wrong way. But all I'm seeing right now, Connor, is him leading the exact same way he did in Boston. Yeah, and we knew this kind of even coming into Boston. Kyrie Irving was never a leader. He always played, I mean, even in Cleveland, he played second fiddle to LeBron. LeBron was the leader of that team. Um, even though Kyrie Irving played like he was the best player sometimes on that team, yeah, argumentatively, he he's never been the leader. He's always been the Robin to the Batman. He's he's the guy that he's he's not not a role player, but he's he's the sidekick, and he he shouldn't be in that leadership role. Like I said, when Durant comes back, maybe Durant could be that guy to lead this team, and I, Kyrie Irving will just shut up and play basketball like he should be doing right now. But until then, oh my, the Nets are in for a rough time because these young kids, I don't, Kyrie doesn't want to deal with them at all. And he wants to win now. No, Kyrie went there to play with Durant. And I think obviously he knew he wasn't getting Durant this year. Everyone knew that, right? Like that wasn't a surprise. Um, You bring in DeAndre Jordan. So now it's really Kyrie Irving, DeAndre Jordan versus the entire Brooklyn Nets team. And it's already happening. So look, it's three games he could change. That's what we said the last two years and it didn't happen. So you know, I'm not going to believe anything that anyone comes out of his mouth at all. But the way that team already is playing, they lost to Memphis. Jay Crowder, shout out, game winner against Kyrie uh, again uh, at home in Memphis to mm-hmm. take down Kyrie in that game. Um, I think anytime we can have killed two birds with one stone in that situation. The number of tweets on my timeline when Jay Crowder hit that three was amazingly annoying, surprisingly. Because literally every other tweet was somebody who covers the Celtics tweeting out, there's some justice, Kyrie, Kyrie zero, Jay Crowder one, like good old friend Jay Crowder. I'm like, okay, guys, we get it. Jay Crowder hit a three. They're playing the Nets. Kyrie sucks. Not everyone has to tweet about it. Yeah. Get over it. You're done. Yeah, just, just get over it. Get over it. Kyrie sucks. He's gone. Um, the Celtics team, nonetheless, we can kind of go into there. It's playing the Milwaukee Bucks right now, and man, they are not on the same league as that team. 
Um, no Jalen Brown tonight, so we can put a little bit of an asterisk there if you want. But, mm-hmm. Connor, before we jump into other non-basketball topics, you know, because you are one half of our mm-hmm. Rafters podcast, the Celtics Couch Guy Sports podcast, how are the boys doing? What do you think of the boys so far? I'm really liking this team so far. Uh, I mean, even if we don't end up winning tonight against the Bucs, we, uh, the the first few games that we played well. I mean, this the first game we they had to get their jitters out of the way. Um, Ke- uh, Kemba Walker only scored 12 points. He was just feeling out the season. He was probably nervous. Um, but after that, I mean, the I went to the Raptors game last Friday night and they played very well, especially in the second half where they couldn't perform last season because like last season they sucked in the second half. They couldn't they couldn't win games in the second half at all. Against the Raptors, they turned it on. Kemba Kemba turned into the old Kemba Walker, and he started going off. And even against the Knicks, the same thing happened. So, I mean, this Bucks team's probably the best in the league. I, they're better than the Celtics. But if Jalen Brown was playing, I think this would be a lot closer game. And who knows? There's still another half. To, there's still three more quarters to be played. I think the Celtics could make a run to try to, to win this game. But we'll see. We'll see tomorrow. Uh, I look at the way they started. I mean, they went. Before this game, two and one, uh, big win at home, right yeah. against the Raptors. That was a fun environment, by the way. Like I, I, I was lucky enough to go, and oh, you were there uh, too. You were there as well, right? So, oh yeah, I yeah, forgot you were yeah. there. <laughs> it was, it was a, um, it was, it was a hell of an environment, Connor, for one. Mm-hmm. And you watch Kevin Walker and me and the buddy that I was there with. Towards the end, when he took over that game, we look at each other and like we're basketball nuts. You are too, so like we knew, but I think people are gonna realize how quickly like. People are this town's gonna fall in love with Kemba Walker. Mm-hmm. Every shot he hit, whether it was his team, team teammates or him, right? Whenever they had big shots and big moments, he turned around. You know, Kemba, Kemba does this flex, where he turns around, and just like pumps his arm and flex, and and does this thing. He did it almost after every shot. Um, this is probably the craziest environment he's played in, in favor of him. You know, since coming into the NBA, because he played for the Hornets and they didn't have that good of a home crowd most of the nights. So. This is probably one of the better environments he realized. And I think that night already made, validated his decision to come play here. Mm-hmm. They're going to win more games than they're going to lose. That That's the way oh, I'm no, looking at the season. No doubt. Yeah. And they're going to be a top three, maybe top four team in the East, depending on other teams coming in. But, you know, I think mm-hmm. they are a top three team in the East. I mean, you look at that Philly game, they should have won. I mean, both teams didn't really play well. Uh, yeah. They were winning for some of that game. If that wasn't the first game of the year, they win that game. And it may, if it was in Boston, probably, yeah, they win that game. Yeah, and if that's in Boston, they win that game. So, look, realistically, they could be they could have been 3-0 coming into this Bucks game, and the people would probably take less stock into this game that's happening right now. So yeah. we all knew we, we all know this team wasn't as talented as the Bucs. They don't match up because they're small. They're, mm-hmm. they're a super small team. But they've um, been playing good defense. A little like Even like you saw against the Raptors, they turned their defense on in the second half. Even against the Knicks, they played very, they played re- very well defensively. And their best, they're they're playing their best when they had the smaller the five on the court. Yep. From what I saw, you know who really impressed me at the home game, and I think he's going to do more of this is Grant Williams. Um, and I was surprised too as well. For those of you who don't really know, Grant Williams played Tennessee, right, and you know was one of their higher draft picks. I think he, this is what he's known for. He did a lot of this at Tennessee. Um, so I'm, I wasn't pleasant. I was pleasantly surprised that he did it so early in his Celtics career, but I think that's, you know, this is what he's known for. Now, I don't think he's going to be able to ever go up against Giannis and just stop him straight up. But, you know, looking at 
what he did that night. I think he has a role in this team right away for doing stuff like that. And against mm-hmm. mo- the majority of teams, again, minus maybe Giannis, he can stop. I think he can play one-on-one and stop a lot of big guys in this league um, and become the next, like, Shemi type player who comes off the bench, the bigger dude who can wrap up the play and just come in and play defense. No, yeah, and I agree. Um, like, I think down the stretch, like down the end, of, towards the end of the season, this kid will develop, and I think he will actually be able to help us in that role. And I think Brad Stevens even saw it before the season even started, because obviously they signed Kemba to a two-way contract. I mean, not Kemba, Taco Fall. So that I think they saw that this kid could play from the get-go, just because if he couldn't, I think Kem, I mean, I think Taco would be up on the roster if Grant Williams, if they didn't think Grant Williams could play that position well enough. Yeah, and they, and they clearly do. Um, I think they have, they have confidence in Grant Williams. They have confidence in a lot of these rookies. I mean, if you, if you notice that kind of they're going into the season with a lot of these guys on their bench. Mm-hmm. Like the majority of these rookies, you know, Romeo Langford and all these guys, Carson Edwards, uh, Grant Williams, they're rolling with a lot of these guys on their bench. Um, and they're trusting these guys to end up playing meaningful minutes. Obviously, you know, you got Daniel Tice back tonight. Cantor's still out. Jalen Brown's out. You know, they're going to have to figure some. But like throughout the year, a lot of these guys are going to get minutes at some point that are meaningful um, and they're rolling with a young team. And that's why, I mean, I think a lot of people, including I think both of us look at this team and go, you know what? They're not real title contenders. They could surprise people. I think if they, if they gel the right way, mm-hmm. but in a seven game series against the tall Milwaukee Bucks, how do you beat a team like that? When, when you have a roster that no one's higher than like six, four besides taco. And th- yeah, like you said, if we have to play the Bucks in these conference finals, we're going to have to shoot the lights out. Everyone's going to have to play stellar defense and, yep. I just don't think we're going to be able to do that. They have they have the best player in the Eastern Conference in Giannis, and I don't I don't think any of our other players match up with them at all. No, like, I don't think anyone in, in the NBA matches up with them. But that's the thing. So, it's like Giannis is a one in the lifetime player. Yeah. So um, yeah, like like you said, the Celtics team they're they're a young group. They're a young group that if they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, I'll be pleasantly surprised. I'm not. Yeah. I don't think they 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 could they could, but they could also lose in the first round. But I think this team has the fight in them, which they didn't have last season. Oh, 100%. And I think, you know, we obviously talked about it. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown are going to be huge for this team this year. Obviously, that they're like, you know, if they do, if they grow like they're supposed to, this team could be better than we think. And, you know, what if the matchups fall right? Maybe you don't face the Bucs till the Eastern Conference Finals. If that's the case, that really helps your cause um, to at least get Mm -hmm. to the Eastern Conference Final. Um, Because honestly, I think you probably can beat Philly in a seven game series. I don't know. 100%. They're nothing special. Um, I think the only team I'm worried about in the East is the Bucks. I mean, Toronto is pretty much equal with you. You might be a little better. Um, and you saw that like in the home opener. Like every time you play Toronto this year, you're gonna it's gonna be close game. Yeah, and I think a lot of the teams they play this in, in the East are gonna be close games. I mean, th- there's a lot of there's a lot of good teams this year in the East. Yeah. It's it's wide open. Oh, for sure. Um, all right, we'll stop being a Celtics podcast here. Next topic: <laughs> Patriots. You're eight and zero. New England Patriots um, coming up, just beat the Cleveland Browns like handedly. Didn't even matter how no. they, like they cl- so that play the so Baker Mayfield tosses it into Lawrence Guy's hands. Um, that play right there is pretty much the epitome of how that entire Sunday went. Um, there was there were pictures, there were big like zoomed out pictures of the Browns versus the Patriots benches. Every one of the Browns were like huddled up 
on the heated bench, things like that. And the Patriots were like up. Obviously, they were on the bench because it, it was raining. It was gross out. But, you know, they were up supporting their team. They didn't really care about the elements. What surprises me the most is a team that plays in Cleveland. Um, for guys who clearly have been there more than one year and playing in a cold weather environment, how much they all clearly hated playing in the cold rain. It wasn't even really that cold out. It was just raining. They're a bunch of babies. They're a bunch of babies. And then today, Baker Mayfield gets in it with a uh, media guy who asked him a question about, like, uh, didn't go. They went back and forth a couple of times, and Baker Mayfield just walked out and then tweeted his feelings like 10 minutes later. Like, Baker Mayfield is a mess. I, I'm a supporter of Baker Mayfield. I want him to work in Cleveland because yeah. I, think, I think for the NFL, someone that is as outspoken as Baker is, it's really good mm-hmm. for the league. But you need to back it up on the field, and right now he sucks. He's yeah. miserable. And going into the season, a lot of people thought they were going to go like better, be a better than the 500 team. And they were like, can't oh, be. yeah, one seed, go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, like you go- won twice right now. Some people predicted them to go 16 and 0. I watched an ESPN, sh- uh, some show on ESPN in the summer. They're like, oh, well, Brown's probably going to go 16 and 0. They're going to beat the Patriots in Foxborough. I'm like, no one's going to beat the Patriots in Foxborough. I don't know why you're saying that. You don't, you don't know why you're saying Do that. Do people understand like how, like, how the good the Patriots are at home? Like, yeah, like they, I don't. They don't lose games at Foxborough. I mean, they do once in maybe every couple of years, but usually they don't. I think Brady's lost like six games at home ever in the, ever. In the regular season. Like it's nuts. And he's and he's been in the league for twenty years. And yeah, so, like, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so I don't. We'll, we'll see. I mean, they play the Ravens this week, and the Ravens are they're five and two, but they're also a team that they got a rookie quarterback. So I'm not like a rookie quarterback, but he's young. Crow. He's a young. He's, he's a, one of the young quarterbacks in the league. He's a young hothead like uh, Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see what he can do against the boogeyman. But I, I bet he throws a couple picks. I think, yeah, there was a um, the Ravens tight end. Can't think of his name off the top of my head for some reason. But he they asked him about, you know, going up against Patriots defense. And he's basically said what everyone's thinking. Right. You know. They're eight. No, they're they're playing phenomenal, but, but Nick, have, Nick they haven't gone up against a team yet. Nick yeah, Boyle, Nick, thank you. Nick Boyle's um, name. Yeah, haven't really gone up against a team yet, like us or like anybody. Um, basically saying, like, which I mean, like, isn't wrong. Like, no, they not. really played a legit team, so it's not really trash talk, but it's like, a, okay, mm-hmm. now you better play because now you, the Patriots are already game planning for you, and now mm-hmm. you're basically calling out the truth of, hey, you guys haven't played anybody yet. Okay, great. Who are you? You're five and three. You're five and two. Like, but but they have played. They they just won last week against the Seahawks, which is a pretty pretty good team. I think Russell Wilson's an MVP caliber player this year. Yep. So the, and they beat them by a couple touchdowns. So on the road, the, on the road. So yeah, this is. I think this is the Patriots' toughest game so far this season. No doubt, this will be their toughest game. I mean, this opponent. might be one of the tougher games they have. Period. I mean, they do obviously yeah. with the Chiefs. The Ravens and, are a good team. Yeah, and the Ravens are a good team. And this again. For some reason, Harbaugh just is a coach that can always coach up against the Patriots, always has success against them, regardless of what how good the team is. Um, I do expect it's not like I don't expect the Patriots to win this game because ultimately they I think Patriots are a better team on paper. But this is gonna be a close game. It's on Sunday night football, so good luck getting sleep on Monday morning because you you're not you're not getting sleep. Oh, I already know. No, no yeah, shot. Monday morning's gonna be a long morning. Um and this I expect this game, and I think you do too, to go down to the wire. This is gonna be a game that's you know, the Patriots defense is probably going to get a stop or two. There's probably going to be another turnover for a score because that's what they've been doing all year. Um, and the Patriots offense has got, has got to figure it out. Now, do I like the Patriots offense this week? Not, not as much as I do other weeks because, again, the Ravens D has looked okay. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I mean, Russell Wilson also looks pretty good against them. So I think there's opportunities there for them to put up points. But at the end of the day, you have a, you have a second, third year quarterback who is young going up against the number one defense in the league, and the and best you have, coach ever, and the best coach ever. And at the end of the day, I don't like that matchup for the Ravens, and that's so hard to no. why I'm basically picking the Patriots in any game against them right now, even mm. though I think Lamar Jackson is a good quarterback and it has a really good future ahead of him in this league. Yeah, and like you said, I'm also picking the Pats. I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game. Probably like, I'm going to go like 13 to 7 or something like that. But it's going to be very low-scoring. It's going to be all defense. um, And the Patriots will probably edge this game out in Baltimore. Because Baltimore is also a tough environment to play in. Yeah, 100%. Um, One guy that I'm keeping an eye on this week, Connor, and, and you might have another name in mind, but it is Mohamed Sanu. Um, mm. He looked okay this past weekend, but I mean, obviously, first game in the books as a Patriot, I wouldn't assume too much from him. From him, learning this kind of offense that quickly, um, did have a nice catch. Ben Watson had a nice catch too. Um, I think you're at week two now, right before a bye week. I mm-hmm. expect Muhammad Sanu to have a presence in this game because I think the Ravens are smart, a lot smarter than the Browns. Um, you're gonna, they're going to try to game plan against Julian Edelman and expect Bray to use his other weapons, and he has them. Don't get me wrong, right? He yeah. has. Jacoby Myers, who's proven to make catches. Philip Dorsett. You have Ben Watson now, who we trust as a tight end. Uh, and obviously Sanu. So I think the Patriots will be fine, but I expect... I'm looking at Muhammad Sanu this weekend as, a, okay, you're week two now. You're going to get some looks because the Ravens will give them to you. Um, mm. And I think I think this could be potentially be a, the breakout game that we're expecting from him to have at some point as a new, obviously, presence in the offense. Yeah, and I agree. Usually, typically, the Patriots like to go right after their new guy, whoever they get. And Sanu last week had five targets for, he had, well, five targets. He caught two balls for 23 yards. Nothing special. Um, But I I think they're going to try to target him more in this game. And Baltimore is going to let them try to throw the ball because they don't want him running the ball all over him. So um, as long as they, I think they're probably going to double team Edelman, not double team him, but I think Sanu's going to get open. So I think he's going to get more targets, and he's probably going to – hopefully we'll have a big night. Yeah, I, I expect him to. Oh, uh, yeah, and again, I expect it to be a good game. I, I expect him to have a big night, um, and I think Bray's going to throw the ball a lot. I think he's going to throw the ball a lot. I hope so. Um, we need one of those like classic 300-plus yard games from yeah, Brady. Yeah, you need Brady to come out and be be Brady, and I expect um, the back I – think, I think this is a James White game. I, I think this I is a so. big James White game. Unfortunately for my fantasy team, I think it's a big James White game. Fortunately for mine. Yeah, um, I, I think it's a big game for him um, out of the backfield, and I expect them to do that. One thing that I did want to touch on with the Patriots, too, and it kind of ties into the weapons, is the lack of adding more at the trade. And it was a kind of a quiet trade deadline in general, Connor, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, not a lot of big names were moved. I know Tlaib got sent to the Dolphins. That sucks yeah. um, from the Rams. So. So they could pay Ramsey later on, which is fine. I think they, if they're buying in on Ramsey, then that's what they are. But Patriots didn't really make any secondary moves. You know, I think OJ Howard was the big one. Everyone was kind of hoping for um, as a as a secondary tight end. Tyler Eifert was out there. They didn't go get any offensive line help. Um, Connor, the one thing that me- this means to me is that Nikhil Harry and Isaiah win. They're both practicing. They're clearly the ones that they're pulling off of IR now. They have to be. Um, yeah. They clearly have faith in those guys to come back and be those la- those fill-ins that they need at those skill positions um, to fix some of the issues they're having. Yeah, and I agree. So I, I'm not really – I mean, I, I wish we went out and got another offensive weapon, but we have guys coming back from the IR. 
people are guys are starting to get healthy. Yep. We didn't really need them to step in so far because obviously we're undefeated. So I think the Patriots fans just need to relax a little bit and just trust Belichick. They just need to trust trust this coaching because obviously they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I would have liked, like I said, liked them to make a big move for like a big name wide receiver. But at the same time, I'm not mad about it. This Patriots team, they're built to go far. They haven't, I, I can't say they haven't really been trying, but, <laughs> but, they, oh, like, but they haven't, but like, I feel like they're well, they're not well, they're like well rested. They, they haven't really had a tough game yet where it really mattered. And I think they're still fired up and ready to go for the rest of the season. And I know Brady really wants to win another ring. So it's just we we got, we got players coming back, and I think the Patriots are going to be okay with the team they have. Yeah, but and you can't afford a big injury. That would I, be. I really would have loved another tight end. Like OJ Howard would have been a perfect fit mm-hmm. one now and long term because like yeah. you don't really have a good tight end long term right now, um, and especially because you have two tight ends who are hurt, who aren't healthy. Really, all you got is Ben Watson. Um, and now, obviously, if if you think those guys are good enough, and when they come back, then that you don't make the trade and that's fine. But, you know, I think you had the, the, the picks and the ability to go get Howard now, um, as much as the bucks were saying they were, he was unavailable. I, I think for the right draft pick compensation, they would have let him go. Um, mm-hmm. and who knows, maybe they did try, you know, we don't know that for sure. And I think that they obviously made calls on him, but you know, that would have been like, that was, that was the move to me that I would have loved. Um, was, was that one really in particular? I think the rest of it can be solved internally. Um, Isaiah Wynn, before he got hurt, was having a phenomenal season. Um, and until then, the offensive line was fine. So I think mm-hmm. Isaiah Wynn coming back, eligible week 12, I think it is. Um, Nikhil Harry can play this weekend against the Ravens if they choose to activate him. Um, Isaiah Wynn coming back slides everyone back in the right spot. Everyone's getting healthy. Put him back on the left um, left side of the offensive line. And, and I think that, that solves a lot of those issues. And like you said about the tight end position, Gronk's coming back. Gronk's going to come back this season. Week we all 14, it. Gronk, mark it in. Well, I think he has to come back like week 10 to like make it like legal to, for him to come back. There's some certain oh, game he has He's got to come back Sunday because they're on a bye week, week 10. All right, I don't know what week it is, but he has to come back a certain week. Week 11, him. out of the bye week. He's getting sick yeah. of Fox, CBD medicine, yeah. treat him up well, hide, hide mask all we the obviously, We obviously need a tight end, and if we're undefeated by then, why wouldn't he just – why wouldn't Bill just say, hey – Come win another ring. Where Tom Brady's going to retire after the season. Just come win another ring and walk off and then retire. Hey, then Camille, officially Camille. retire. Just commit. Camille, just, get your boy to uh, come back for one more. One more run. Yeah, just one more. Oh. Just one more ring for Gronk and Brady, and then they can both walk off in the sunset together. Brady's they can post tired. it on Instagram. Uh, one more ring might do the trick. Uh, I think Nice You Know does the trick this year. If they happen to do it, I don't think they will. I don't think they will. But if, if they, they do, do it, that's mm. he's done. Uh, wouldn't yeah. you? Like if you're 19 and 0, that that's like all they're missing at this point is that 19 and 0 would do it. Yeah, 19 and 0 means I'm done. I'm like, you know what, uh, Bell? I, I said I might consider coming back, but we just went undefeated like fully. Well, why wouldn't uh, you try to do that again? Yeah, true. Hey, let's do it twice. <laughs> you'd you'd never know with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Yeah, you I, really I don't. don't. It's kind of crazy. It, it, yeah, it's, it's it's amazing. We're we're uh we're definitely spoiled with them. No, hundred percent. Okay, um, but yeah, this weekend. I, I look at Nikhil Harry, too, as a situation where I'm intrigued to see what happens. I think they have till Saturday at, like, 2 or 4 to announce if he's going to play or not on Sunday. Um, 
do you want him to play Sunday? Do you think there's a need for him to play Sunday? Do you think he'll play Sunday? Um, it's an interesting situation because this is the first week he can actually come back and play. If he's fully healthy, I don't see why we just wouldn't implement him in the game plan. He, I don't think it's going to hurt our team, but it might. It, it could, I think it could only benefit our offense at this point. Mm-hmm. I want to see what the kid has to offer. Um, and if Tom Brady has another weapon out there, it's more the merrier for him, I guess, because the, the Ravens do have a decent defense, and we could use not, definitely another wide receiver out there that can I wanna, run the field. Yeah, I want to see this kid play. Yeah, like, let's let him loose. There, there was clearly signs of it in preseason. Like he, he, he was able to move and, and get around before he got hurt. Um, I want to see this kid play. This is the pick. Like Jacoby Myers has has made a role for himself, and he's you know shown flashes, and, and that's good for him. But Nikhil Harris, your number one pick, number one like first round pick. That's what he was. Mm-hmm. You drafted a skill position. You drafted a stud receiver. We all knew what he did in college. He's a great receiver. I want to see this kid play in the NFL. I want to see him with Tom Brady. I want to see him in the offense a lot. Next to Julian Edelman, Muhammad Sanu. He's supposed to be this big weapon. If he's healthy, why not let him play a big game against the Ravens? This is when he can come out and shine. He's not going to be triple covered. He's going to get opportunities in this game to catch a ball. Let me see it. I want I want to see what this kid has. Um, and because if he can play, Connor, this is a weapon that you don't have to trade for. This is huge. Yeah, it changes the whole dynamic of the team, basically, because Tom Brady has another weapon and another weapon he can trust. I'm, he won't trust him 100% just yet, but if he goes out against the Raven and kills it and makes an impact, Tom Brady's going to be very happy. And, like, do I think he's going to be Antonio Brown? No. You never know. I mean, you never know, right? He's, he's young, but, like, for this year, he's not going to be as good as AB is, right? Like, he's not going to no. come in and beat Antonio Brown year one. Does he have the ability to do that? Maybe long term. It might be a really good draft pick. I don't know. It's just another wide receiver that the other team has to worry about. Another guy that can go deep. He's quick. He's fast. Another guy that you just have to worry about, which gives Brady more time to throw the ball to to someone else. So I think you just throw him out there. Just does it. Maybe even a decoy this week. Just throw him out there. Yeah. All right. One last topic, and then we'll get out of here. Um, I really hope Nick didn't get lost on his flight to Ireland. That would be unfortunate. The flight just gets lost. The flight just gets lost at sea. Um, oh. All right. I want to talk about the World Series real quick because this has been one of the great, better World Series I've ever watched. And, and we've watched good ones, obviously, with the Red Sox winning and a lot lately and all that stuff. But the road team has won all six games. It's nuts. It's, it's never happened. And it's obviously never happened in the seventh game either right now that Astros are winning as we sit here recording this game seven. So we'll see how it finishes. But that being said, um, there's there's two things I want to talk about based off the World Series. One, and we'll start with the fun one: titties at the World Series. Mm. That was a uh, that was a display. First of all, <laughs> both of them beautiful, just artwork. It's an art form, really. Well, you couldn't tell watching it live after after obviously we saw the media about it. Yeah, those girls are beautiful. Those two women are definitely beautiful. Yes. Um, also hilarious because I, I think they knew they were getting banned. They said they knew they were getting banned. Um, but I'm the fact that I, I'm not surprised. I think the media figured out who they were real quick, um, and there was no hiding it. Like they were even like tweeting it afterwards. Like, oh look, I made it on TV. Like it worked. And I'm like, okay, then they know who it's in the letter to. Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so that happened. That was funny. That was a story for a couple days. It's now being overshadowed, unfortunately, because again, what a wonderful moment that was. Um by stupidly controversial call last night. Did you watch last night's game, game six? 
Yeah, so I tuned in actually like right before that call. I'd probably tuned in 15 minutes before all that all happened, and I just wanted to watch the end of the game because it was close, and uh, I saw that whole thing go down, and I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, it was it was absolutely insane. So what happened if you didn't see it? I'm sure you did by now. Uh, Nationals were up to bat. Turner comes up, um, hits a ground ball into the infield, and no, didn't hit a ground. Yeah, hits a ground ball. Throw gets to first base, gets away from Gary L. Um, so the runners advance to second and third. But the idiotic umpire behind the plate um, decided to call interference on him, which ended up being the call in the first place. I think that was what they decided. I don't know. They've changed the call a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, the entire time, it took them 15 minutes to, to sit on a headset to figure it out. They were talking with New York about it. Uh, and what happened was uh, Turner ran down the first baseline. Now, the, un- the official rule in baseball, if you're running down the first baseline, you just have to be in the fu- on the line or to the right of it. Like they want you to run on the fu- in the foul territory side of um, the first baseline when you're running down to first base. It's a rule that's never really enforced. A lot of guys, lo- basically, as long as you are square to the bag when you get there, you can basically run wherever you want as long as you're not stupidly outside the base path. That's essentially, the- that's essentially how they call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Turner was basically on the left side, inside the grass the entire time. And when Gary L was about to catch the ball, he was back in the middle of the bag and they called interference on him. The only reason why he was in the way of Gary L's catch at first is because the throw was God awful. The throw was like behind Turner running at first base. Um, they, they, they saw this um, manager of the nationals. I'm blanking. He goes, yeah, I'm blanking as well. he, he goes bananas. He ends up getting ejected in between innings goes berserk. Um, this dude, mind you, has a heart condition, like just had heart surgery. So yeah, can't be, can't be doing that shit. Like they have, they've had him all summer, like sitting, managing games. Like they, that's how concerned they still were about like blood pressure, heart, just to make sure. And this dude is like literally red in the face going at the umpire and crew. Then, so then they go to the headsets, talk to New York. Turner is meanwhile screaming and Fox did this sneaky. They went, he started talking because Joe Torrey, Torrey, who handles all this stuff is there at the game, sitting behind the home plate. He starts screaming, go ask Joe Torre. He's sitting right there. Why are you talking? Why are you talking in New York? Joe Torre is sitting right there with his head down. And as he's talking, Fox mutes at the mic that that's picking that up. And then Mm -hmm. thankfully for Joe Buck, he comes back on the TV. He's catches him mouthing it. And then Joe Buck brings it back up. So they raise the microphone levels back up again on Turner. Ask why they're not talking to Joe Torre. This is a whole thing. Everyone in the fan in the fan base in the stands don't know what's going on because this is a a situation where you really only know what's going on if you're on TV because they're not just broadcasting that in the stadium. And it took them 15 minutes, and then afterwards, Joe Torre basically said, "Yeah, they were just on the headsets trying to figure out to make sure it was interference." And like that wasn't what this was debated to be. He initially called him out on running out of the base path and not, and not coming back. And then now they're saying it's interference. They changed the call twice. It was, it's a wrong call. He didn't get in the way. Um, they're lucky that the nationals came and hit a home run. Rendon did the next at bat. Um, that could have changed yeah. dramatically a lot worse than it did. Oh yeah. And if that didn't happen, like if Rendon didn't hit that home run and the um, Houston Astros ended up winning the world series last night, uh, they might've protested that game to be honest. I don't um, know they were you, they were playing on a protest. I think yeah, they said it like right when it happened. I, yeah, I heard I heard a mouth and like, oh, we gotta protest this. We gotta protest this. Like, he he was not happy. 
obviously I wouldn't be either because they they did end up making the wrong call uh, in my mind. But I, I, you just hate to see that. You hate the umpires for the most part. They've there's there's been a lot of controversy around them this World Series, so it, it's just tough when the world the umpires can't get it right. And it's really a shame because it's been a really fun series to watch. Like these are yeah. two pretty damn good teams. The Nationals are a great story. Like they're the wild card team. Um, they were in the eighth inning losing in the wild card game, uh, down against the Dodgers. Down, you know, I mean, like the only team they really weren't down against was the Cardinals. Um, and now they're fighting back to win this series. Now tied, obviously they're in Game Seven. So, you know, I think most of America is probably rooting for the Nationals because of the story, and it's someone besides the Astros, the Red Sox, the Yankees, like those teams, um, and the Dodgers too. So. I think a lot of people are rooting for the Nationals, and yeah. if they had lost that game, and this would have turned into like Saints NFC Championship game last year, um, that pass interference call. I mean, you can name a bunch of others too, but they, they got lucky. The umpiring crew in baseball itself, like Major League Baseball, got lucky. The Nationals broke the thing open and won no problem, because if this play came down and ended up causing them a game and costing mm-hmm. them the series, my word would have been a different tune today. Yeah, and I think they, like we said, they would have probably protested, and this probably would have gone down as one of the most controversial World Series in history, because just because of that call, and if they ended up losing the game because of that, I mean, there's a lot that goes in. They wouldn't have lost. You can't say they would have lost a series because of that call, the Nationals, but definitely that game, that that was a huge call. Yeah, in the moment it was massive, and the they're just lucky Rendon clobbered a home run, <laughs> the next at bat. And they ended up winning the game. Yeah, but it definitely fired, definitely fired the Nationals up, and it should give them motivation tonight. Yeah, here's the whole point. They finish this thing out. I'm rooting for the Nats, and I think a lot of people are too. Yep. All right, all right. We can stop there. That was a lot. That was a lot of talking. Um, Connor, do the Celtics win this Milwaukee Bucks Celtics matchup? Right now, tonight. Right now, right now. Yeah, where are they at right now? What's the What's the score? We, probably a lot, probably a lot for everyone listening, we don't watch games while oh they've they've climbed back into it a little bit. Fifty-eight forty-two at halftime. Connor, did they pull? Did they pull this out? I think they'll make somewhat of a run in the fourth quarter, like they've been doing the past couple games. They've yeah. there seemed to be a second half team so far, so I think they can pull something out. Kemba Walker will will try to pull this team back in it. They still lose by a few points though. I think. All right, it's on record. Of producer Patty P makes that up for us if, if they do lose. <laughs> um, all right, we'll leave it there. Of course, episode number 131. Follow us, couchguysports.com, couchguysports everywhere on social media, couchguypod on Twitter. Check out the merch store, check out couchguysports.com, all of our other podcasts, the Rafters podcast, Into the Rafters. Is it Into the Rafters? What do we call it? Is it just the Rafters? It's just the Rafters, yeah. The rafters. I'm merging. You know what I'm doing? I'm merging the Raptors and my Into the Triangle podcast for the Red oh, Sox. I, just, I literally just merged them. That's what I just did. Uh, new Into the Triangle coming out a couple days from now. Me and Al are recording. Going to talk about some big news there. Oh, there um, we go. New pitching coach. New uh, new president of baseball ops. Actually, baseball president something. I don't know what they're calling him. He's going um, to have a few names, a few titles. But a lot going on in, the, in that world. Uh, Patriots, biggest thing. And then we're taking on. Baltimore Ravens. We'll talk about next week with Nick. Hopefully, is Nick back next week? When's he coming back from Iowa? I think it's only. It might just be he gets back Monday. I think it's a short, short trip. Very short trip. Short trip to the hills of Mordor. Got it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Producer Patty P not here this week. We'll be back until then. Connor Strayer there. Jared Scally here. Couch Guy Sports Podcast. We'll talk to you next week.